Hey, Justin. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to What Are You Listening To This Week, the weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite songs. Some old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by singer-songwriter Justin Lantrip, whose latest album, Floodgates, is now available on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss the new album, highlight some favorite tracks, and get the stories behind the music from the artist himself. Also, did you know that now on Spotify, you can listen to the show with the songs we discuss incorporated? Just search for What Are You Listening To With Music. If you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Justin, let's talk about floodgates. Sounds good to me. All right. Um, I'm super excited about this album. I'm glad you agreed to come on the show. And then to reward you, I gave you the impossible task of choosing just two songs from the album to discuss. (laughs) I feel like, you know, this album is such a vibe from beginning to end. It was hard for me to pick just two songs. So I know it must have been hard for you. Um, But since I did give you the terrible, terrible assignment, please tell me, um, what's your first pick, Justin? Well, you already picked two of my other favorites, so it made it easier. (laughs) Um, But I figured I'd start with Floodgates. It's title track. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's dear to my heart. This this whole album really, a lot of it, relates to the passing of my father, which was in 2013. Uh, He died from cancer and had a a hard end and um yeah i mean this this song is really just about some of the feelings around his passing and and you know some of the things that get left unsaid and the feeling of that you didn't open up enough and you didn't open up those floodgates and let yourself be who you wanted to be in those moments you know you, you those regrets that sort of come come in at the end there and when you realize what you missed. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear that it's about the passing of your father. That was a a theme that I kept writing over and over as I was listening to the album, is I'm so curious to know if this is about a specific incident or a specific person, Um, because I felt like the, the whole album is so unfussy and intimate. It's almost like you invited us into your studio for a private performance, you know? Um, It really felt like I was there with you, with a small crowd, um, and it just felt so intimate. It felt like you were giving us a little glimpse into something that was really personal to you, yet I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was, and I loved that. It kept me listening Hmm. to track after track. And the funny thing about our playlist that will go along with the show and the tunes that we pulled out is, you know, if this were a golf game, um, we really focused on the back nine, right? Like we... (laughs) We um, we kind of yeah. took tracks from the end of the album, but I really think from beginning to end, I was intrigued. Um, and I think Floodgates is a great example of something that you do really well that's different from any artist that I've listened to. And I'm curious to hear um, if it's conscious, if it's subconscious. You, in almost every single track, have an amazing opening lyric. 
And I don't know if that's something that you strive for, if you feel like, you know, I've got to hook them in from the very beginning or they're lost, um, or if it's something that just happens organically. And what I'm talking about is like on, on floodgates, you start with, can I give you this loneliness? And I just think like, wow, how many times have we felt that, you know, like, oh my gosh, if I could just hand this over to somebody else, but then will it become a really heavy burden for them to carry? Um, I'm wondering if you can talk to me a little bit about that. It really seemed like something that was a strength of yours. And I don't know, again, is, is that conscious? Is it subconscious? Can you tell me about it? Uh, I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. You know, I, I, I care a lot about lyrics for sure. Um, and you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go back and forth, uh, you know, when structuring a song. I mean, it's, you know, you, you start with what you think is the right line and then you come back to it later and realize it's, it's, it's totally needs to be flipped around. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think it's, I try to go by instinct as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, trying to articulate, deep emotion is is difficult i mean it's 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 something that takes a long time to 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 get uh, a grasp on and and you know i mean when you whenever you can really feel tap into that emotion then then i think words just can kind of come from from that feeling more than uh, trying to to you know think it out <laughs> it's yeah. more like just trying to figure out how to find that um, whatever that that synchronicity is with something deep, um, it, it just kind of can lead itself, um, you know. But it comes from everything that you've read and everything that you've thought and discussed in your life too. So it's both conscious and subconscious, I think. It's so I, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, it's so. Though, that. It's so amazing to me, just the. Um, Again, I think you and I talk, mm -hmm. talked about this before we rec started recording, is that getting a glimpse into people's creative process has been such a cool sort of side effect of hosting the show. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is amazing to me when someone says, you know, like it just kind of happens subconsciously or sometimes it just flows or, you know, it's my form of catharsis or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it's just so amazing to me that people don't even oftentimes have an explanation that they can articulate, which again, just reminds me like what a gift yeah. that is, you know, it's such a gift and it, maybe it comes from somewhere that we can explain, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to show up, you know, you have to show up and you have to do the work for sure. There's no getting around that. And, and I think, you know, sometimes it's like in the 11th hour that, that it, the inspiration strikes. It's after a lot of, hitting your head against the wall and, and not feeling like you, you nailed it or not feeling like that's the right thing to say. And then, and then it comes, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, the creative process is, is, I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't really know. Yeah. Like you said, it's hard to articulate. It's easier when you're singing something, it's different than talking about something. Yeah. You know, it, it creates a different, a whole different world that, that all those words can kind of sit in and you can translate this emotion that you feel without just saying something, you know? Um, and that makes a big difference. And so it it's diff more difficult to talk about it than it is to sing it, you know? Yeah. 
That's so interesting. And you can, again, I, I, you can feel that in the song. You have a lyric in Floodgates that says, open all of your floodgates, open all of your closed doors. And I'm like, wow, what a vulnerable position to be in if we could do that. You know, like, again, it just, it felt really, um, really intimate. And I was so grateful that you kind of led us into this, what felt like a really vulnerable space. Um, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I think that's, the, you know, that's the, sort of the trick of trying to, you know, mine your own experience to s seek clarity for yourself, but for culture in general, you know, I mean, that's, that's sort of the goal. And, um, yeah, any, any, if anybody feels that, then, then you, you know, you did your job. Yeah. Well, beautiful. And I love this track and I love that it's the title track. Um, I think it's a good it's a good um, first place to go on the album. If you're one of those people that refuses to listen from beginning to end. I have. Do you have friends like that that are just like, no, I won't yeah, listen from beginning um, to end. I'm a big like I'm like yeah, the artist sure. did this, this purposely. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I yeah. want to listen. Although, the way. you know, I did struggle trying to figure out how to how to lay these tracks out. It's, it's not easy, but um, yeah, I mean, you appreciate that. I think there was some, you know, there's definitely some intent in the way that I laid them out. But at the same time, I mean, you know, we live in this. It's hard to go see let anybody have the time to listen to an entire album in one sitting. So if you're gonna poke around, yeah, it's a good start with that. A good jumping off point. Um, well, then tell me about your second pick. What was your second pick from the album? Um, this is The Only Enemy, um, which was one of the, it turned out as one of my favorites, just in terms of the production as much as anything on the album, and mm -hmm. which was really tricky. You know, we, I engineered and, and produced it with myself, but a buddy of mine helped me kind of arrange all the uh, material and, and played a bunch of the different parts on there. His name's Matt Donahue. And... Um, this one, for whatever reason, just had like a nicer low end and the way the drums came together, it, you know, and just in terms of the engineering aspects, it felt really clean and it's really hard to do. I, I um, really, speaking of beating my head against the wall, did that with, with the bass and the drums of the track because it's just really difficult to get those things to come together and sound unified and full. And, um, you know, that's where the pros come in to, to help you. But <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but just in the production sense, that's, I really loved it for that reason. But, um, this track also kind of is off of the track about my father and, and it was, you know, kind of stolen a little bit from something older that I did in terms of the riff and then, um, piecing together the lyrics. It's, it's much more, much more about, um, sort of a futuristic viewpoint of, you know, saying you know where we should put our faith and our hope is is in ourselves and and basically what we can invent is what we will become if we just put our heart and mind into it i love that and this yeah. this song feels like a totally different vibe to me you know like yeah. the, you immediately are drawn into this one and it's funny that you called that out I, you know again i'm a big lyrics person we talk about them on the show a lot and the lyrics that i called out from this song were the ones that you've just said um and all we can invent is all we can become i'm like wow how great is that because when i first listened to the only enemy it kind of reminded me of like 
really the only enemy is that voice inside your head telling you you can't do something, you know, like your, the, right. I call it the shadow side a lot. And I talk about shadow songs, you know, the songs that I listen to that articulate that for me, that help me kind of put it away whenever I am having that sort of negative self-talk. And I'm not sure if that's what you were talking about being the only enemy, but for me, um, that's what really came through on the track. Um, is that is that kind of what you were drawing on as well? The only enemy being, you know, yourself and your own your own voice in your head that's always telling you you can't do something. And it is it is that in the individual sense, but it's also in the broad sense of culture and just saying, um, you know, not believing and not put not not having a narrative any that that actually align like creates a beautiful vision of what the future could be you know we we seem really misaligned in that everything's so negative and so you know downtrodden and and of course there's tr- some truth in that but we also just need to figure out well what can we make it you know what is what is the beautiful vision that we can all strive towards and 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 collectively imagine and then become you know so agree. I so agree. And it's such a driving principle of the show, too. You know, like we always talk about, you can find the good in any song. And the more I think we can find the good and the possibility in one another, you know, the better off we'll all be in the long run. Um, I have one more question about the song before we jump into my favorite tracks from the from the album. Um, tell me about the Row Your Boat ending. I love that. And that's a little bit of a spoiler alert for um, one of my picks. But you end the song with the traditional, you know, kind of a, um, it, it's the song everybody knows, Row Your Boat. But it's done in a almost a melancholy way. Um, but it's so yeah. beautiful and so captivating. Can you tell me about that? Well, I mean, it was kind of, you know, I guess just sort of came from the subconscious, maybe just from writing the other song to a degree and trying Mm -hmm. to sort of tie the album back into this idea of of seeing another future, too. So it's sort of like a, a link to that song, the other song that I wrote, which has no relation to the old Row Your Boat. Yes. Uh, Yeah, the original song, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it just, um, it just kind of felt like it tied the two ideas together, I guess is really what it boiled down to. Yeah, I liked it. And I thought it was a cool choice. You know, it's nice to finish on something like really familiar like that. You know, for when Mm -hmm. I gave the the album a, a first listen from beginning to end, it was just like, Ah, you know, it was like my final (laughs) exhale before I blew out the candle, you know, that I had lit while listening to the album. Because, again, it is just so intimate and unfussy. I know I keep saying that, but those are the notes that I wrote over and over again while listening. Mm -hmm. Um, So I loved that. I thought it was a really cool way to to sort of end or, or transition out of the album into the next thing that I was listening to, which ironically ended up being the Beastie Boys. So that was like a jolt to the system <laughs> to go from <laughs> this amazing, like beautiful, moody album to like, <laughs> like jumping out into like Paul's boutique. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm looking for yeah. right now. <laughs> um well, shock for my, it was a shock. It was a little bit of a shock. Um, and I kind of wanted to go back to where I was before. So I just gave the album a second listen, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. 
it's it's really I I enjoyed it a lot and and that's a nice segue into my first pick um which is a song called If I Could See the Future. Um and obviously we this is unscripted in case you couldn't tell listeners but what a nice segue into the previous conversation we were having, right? If the only enemy is sort of this idea of envisioning a future that that is whatever we want it to be. Um I loved the, you know, if I that, that we're transitioning straight into if I could see the future. Um, this is another one that like right from the beginning, you sucked me in um, because the first line in this song is my good friend thinks I will die first. I tell him I'm more afraid I'll die last. And I'm like, he did it again. He hooked me in like <laughs> right from Jump Street with um, with the lyrics. So um, can you tell me more about this song? And, and if you're really, is this really about a friend or is this like, um, yeah. asking for a friend i'm air quoting <laughs> yeah i mean it, it really is yeah for yeah. sure it's it's my best friend who who also unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer and he's mm-hmm. fortunately still around um okay. he's had a, a long life so far since he was diagnosed so we were lucky there um but yeah i mean he just he always he always had this strange dream that I would be one of the first of our friend group to die. And so it was like a, he was worried that it was a premonition mm-hmm. and um, that always stuck in my head. And, and so when I was, when he was diagnosed, I, you know, it was, it was kind of clear or it felt like it would not be true and that it would be, it would have been him. And um, I just felt like, you know, it's not the worst thing to die first. It's, it's the worst to die last. Cause then you have to watch everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so true. And um, I think that musically, this is my favorite song on um, on the track. I think I have a my second pick is my favorite, favorite, all around favorite. Um, but musically, I really like this song. Can you talk to me about um, did you play all the instruments on this track? How did this track come together from from a, a music standpoint? Uh, I mean, pretty much. On almost all the tracks, all I did was the acoustic and the vocals and okay. the layers of vocals. Um, my friend Matt played the bass and he played electric guitar and he played keyboards. And then we had a drummer that came up from uh, Portland, which was a friend from Matt's. His name was Joe Sanders. And yeah, um, we just, you know, that one was was really tough to figure out. Um, you know, the more that we tried to add to it to to sort of bring it to life the, the more it actually felt like it was it was kind of removing the feeling from it so in the end we kept stripping okay. things back out of it and making it feel more raw and, and once it got back there it, it felt better it felt more like what it was meant to, to translate us um so yeah i mean you know it's kind of a long it's 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 kind of ballady in a way it's almost dylan-esque in the in the the, the verses yeah. are really long and and it makes the song really long which is <laughs> kind of been a, a thing of mine for a long time i have trouble writing short songs so um but yeah i mean i Come really on. well when you're good at it you write a long song <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you got a lot to right? say you gotta say it right 
I, I enjoyed it. And I think, you know, again, I, yeah. I talked to you a little bit about this. You know, my vocabulary is a little bit different because I'm not a musician. So I often deal in comparisons because that's what I'm able to talk about. But throughout, I kept feeling, I kept getting, and it's always dangerous mm-hmm. to do this with another singer-songwriter, compare them to somebody else. But I agree with the, you know, the reference to Dylan. I also got a lot of, like, Father John Misty and Ray LaMontagne. Like, I don't know if those are people that you like or feel influenced by, but that's kind of... Of, those are, are some other artists that I kept kind of like getting vibes of as I was going through the album, especially on like, you know, second, well, I, third listen. I don't know listen. if you recognized my, I don't know if you recognize my hat, but I don't. FJM what is it? On there, oh, so. it's a Father John Misty. Well, then that it's makes Father sense. John Misty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what I yeah. got a lot yeah, through no, this. He's, and he's, he's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, Which takes us into my final pick and my favorite song on the album. Um, We alluded to a little bit earlier, but it's a song called Row Your Boat. Now, the song is, like we mentioned, not the traditional. Again, you get, if you want to hear the um, original Row Your Boat, you can listen to The Only Enemy and get the original song. But um, yeah, this one ended up being my favorite. Um, I love the chord progressions in this song. I love the piano. It's so pretty. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this line that yeah. says, gonna lay right here, feel time flow. And I'm like, oh, it's just an immediate mm-hmm. slowdown. Like the song just felt to me like, take a breath, breathe it in, relax. Um, and I just, I, yeah. I loved this song and just kept going back to it again and again and again. Um, Mm. so I, I am curious because row your boat or that theme kind of appears twice. Um, again, just that it just happened organically. It was just a way to sort of tie the two together or, um, is that, is there some significance to, to row your boat? Well, I mean, my dad was an amazing fisherman, so that Mm -hmm. was probably, if there's anything that I would define him as, you know, at least in his character, it, it was a fisherman and somebody who was always out on the water. So, I mean, that, that played a role for sure. And, and just the idea of, um, of just putting one step in front of the other, you know, when, when tragedy happens and, um, when you have something really hard to deal with, you you know, you don't really have a choice. You just kind of have to keep rowing. You just have to keep pushing forward and, and taking the next step and then what will be, will be, you know? Um, so I, that's really what this, this sort of is about. You know, my dad, he, he got up like a, day before he died and and you know he just said i i um you know he said um it's not fair no one knows and you know i I just said well that's true you know but i think because individually nobody does know what it's like to be somebody else ultimately but of course we all have to face the same thing in the end so it's it's true that no one knows but it's kind of true that everybody knows so yeah. it, that's where that line came from. It's not fair. No one knows. Dad, you got to row your boat. You just got to yep. keep rowing. Hmm. I love that. And that's, again, we, we nailed it because that's the exact lyric that I called out. It's not fair. No one knows. <laughs> and you say dad in the first verse and, or the first time and then son the second time. You got to row your boat. And I was just yeah. like, ooh, that's, um, that one was really impactful for me. And, again, now that I know sort of the – 
the basis or the 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 genesis of the idea for this album it's it all seems a lot more clear and and I just like thank you for being so vulnerable you don't get to say that to singer songwriters or artists that you love that have given you a song that really sums up an emotion so I just like thank you for your vulnerability on this album I felt it and um we talked about this a little bit last week it came up so it's strange that it's coming up again but um I lost my mom in 2018 and so um hearing this was strangely comforting even though I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was about for some reason and maybe again it's because you make the dad and son reference in Row Your Boat um it just it brought me a lot of comfort um we just passed the four-year anniversary of, of the day that she died and um that happened to be one of the days I was doing some show prep. And so I got two songs really that kind of saved me that day. And one was from an episode last week. Um, and then your song, um, the song that I chose, Row Your Boat, was the second. So again, thank you for the, no. for the vulnerability. Thank you for sharing. And again, here we are relating about something that we never even knew we were both going through. And it saved you. It saved me. You know, I just, I think that that's the magical thing about music and why I'll never stop listening and never stop being curious about how these songs come into the world. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you. It's well, been my thank you. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this album with me. Um, it's been on high constant rotation um, in my house since I first got uh, got a hold of it. So if you all are curious to listen to the whole album, you can listen to Floodgates, the new album by Justin Lantrip in its entirety on Spotify, Apple Music or wherever you stream. To our listeners, please join me again next week to find your new favorite songs.